Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Dave Hanratty and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 152 of the No Encore Music Podcast. It's Valentine's night as I record this. <laughs> uh, this is the podcast that is single and very much not emotionally ready to mingle. Craig Fitzpatrick, my date for the evening. Yes. Would you have it any other way, David? I feel like this is not the first time. Podcast we've, or no podcast. <laughs> we've been each other's date for Valentine's. And weddings and various other things. Yeah. Yeah, you're a good plus one, I must say, to those kind of events. And, I <laughs> and will, likewise, I guess. And I will be um, your plus one again for Colin Regan's bash. Looking forward to that. Shan't be expensive at all as we hit Scandinavia <sighs> for <Fuck>. several days. <laughs> I wish I could back out. We should back out because he left the podcast. Do you think so? Teach him a lesson. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He's doing an Irish one as well, isn't he? This is the thing. Home leg and an away leg. Mm. The height of indulgence. How do we get away goals? What's our... We try not to spend too much... Try and be frugal. Yeah, we try and go to a country where the standard of living is where it's basically about 15 euro for a pint. And we try and not spend all that money. That's the plan. What do you imagine Cullum's doing right now? Because he's quite the romance. Tonight? Yeah. I'd say he's cooking something. Yeah. I'd imagine... Dahi's cooking something. And that's why he's (laughs) not not here again. Dahi's not on the podcast again because it's Valentine's Day. Which, do you know what? I applaud. I'm not applauding that. His own girlfriend <laughs> was like, what are you doing? 
So congratulations, congratulations to, yeah, to, to, to people. No, congratulations <laughs> to anyone who has uh, some kind of relationship going well, on. Well, hold on. I mean, people Dave, will be hearing Dave this. Dave solemnly <laughs> slams his notes off the table. I mean, the dear listener will be hearing this on the day after Valentine's That's Day. Correct, so yeah. we're past it. Um, if you hate it as much as every other sane person does, we certainly are. It's over. Okay, on today's show, we will have an interview with Nilo, rising figure in the hip-hop world. Very good interview, very interesting guy. We will review the new album from Health, and we will talk about lots of other things. That's you how the podcast was gone, works. You? We're doing Health. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're not doing Ariana Grande. Do we start with we'll that? We'll have a chat about it, yeah. Do you want to start with I've that? I've obviously been listening to it, yeah. Yeah, I've heard it too. So Ariana Grande, we're not reviewing the album in the conventional sense. We reviewed her last two albums, and we, yeah, so we reviewed Dangerous Woman, which we really liked um, with some reservations. Then we reviewed Sweetener, which we thought was average, despite all the critics in the world saying it was great. Yeah. And now comes Thank You Next, some months after the release of Sweetener. I mean, we're probably, what, only six months or so on from it? <sighs> Feels that it's way, a yeah. very, It's a very short amount of time. So, dropped last week. Uh, essentially, when it comes to Ariana Grande, I have, a, I've, I've an issue, I've a couple of issues. Um, one is not her fault at all. It's the fault of the office that I work in, which plays Ariana Grande on loop, and it's become genuinely problematic. To- I feel like your office is becoming problematic for this podcast in terms of it just destroying songs for you and our right. <laughs> This is how I know that no one from the office listens to the podcast, because I have yet to be called into a room. Uh, <laughs> be told, here's your verbal warning. So essentially, yeah, that's annoying. Um, Ariana Grande has a free pass because she has experienced some horrific, genuinely, genuinely horrific things in the last couple of years uh, from exceptional like trauma to incredibly uh, difficult, deep personal trauma in her life. That should not be overlooked. It absolutely shouldn't. Mm. I don't mean in any way to diminish, and I'm not at all. I think it is. Uh, she has shown to be a figure of immense strength. Oh, huge. And I think that that is hugely important, and that is reflective in the current kind of music that she's creating as well. And I think that should never be taken away from whatsoever. However, you do find yourself in the kind of strange position as a, as a critic you know, you want to you want to meet the art, and you want to critique the art. That's what you do as a critic, and I find that I'm less and less interested in her as an artist at the moment. And I think it's because a combination of oversaturation, a combination of the fact that there, I think that there was a perfect gap in the market for Ariana Grande to be Ariana Grande. I think to a lot of extent, the likes of Beyonce and Adele and others have kind of faded away into the background. They're not really doing anything at the moment. And I think the people around the world, particularly uh, a predominantly female audience, uh, perhaps mm-hmm. a, perhaps a, a large swathe of the LGBTQ community as well mm. not in any way to kind of just like box people into subgroups here but essentially I think that like pop music in particular has always spoken to uh, the, the vulnerable people in the world yeah. and Ariana Grande obviously is an avatar for that uh, and thus and also she's uh, bringing out messages of empowerment and strength and rising yourself up and basically owning your situation uh, and particularly in a time when women are doing that across the world it makes a lot of sense for her to be kind of anointed essentially but with the anointment for me comes hyperbole and lots of it and i wonder you know like just how how, how good quote unquote is is ariana grande at the moment she herself is obviously um you know big on social media interacts with fans isn't afraid to make statements and nor should she be and this is all good this is all positive but when something becomes so much of a barrage i find myself very much kind of understanding now if i didn't before just how people who don't like Kanye west must feel when, okay. when 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 he is literally everywhere, and thus, and I can't, I, I I can't necessarily like not comment on that double standard because I, you know, I'm, I'm we're all guilty of having our favorites and and that kind of thing. With Ariana Grande, though, I'm kind of burned out, and the album is a reflection of that as well. I think it's a good album. Uh, I think that it's not 
it's it's too similar to sweetener as well uh, which is a problem for me there are moments where it's genuinely very good and captivating she as ever sounds great but i didn't really connect to it and again it's not for me i understand that but as a critic i was left cold by it or more lukewarm i think it, it, it's, okay. it's it's good but once again i'm seeing pitchfork i'm seeing anthony fontano i'm seeing everybody trip over themselves to hail the great thing that we have out there now, the perfect being, and I don't see it. I really like it. Um, yeah, it's definitely an improvement on Sweetener, which I had a lot of issues with, with, which was mainly down to how kind of disjointed it felt because of the production switch-ups. And a lot of people praised Pharrell's stuff at the time. I thought he was maybe the major problem with the record. Um, I don't think the beats he supplied helped her in any way whatsoever. I think they hampered her. Um, here, the ratio of Max Martin is much higher, and that can only be a good thing, um, because I think they work really well together. And I think there's a uniformity, um, sonically and aesthetically, that makes it a very kind of decent listen the whole way through. Uh, I think the songs are strong. Um, I think there's kind of subtlety there that there wasn't on the last one. Uh, the likes of Dreamin's great. Um, sorry, Ghostin. Um, Ghostin, I think, might be one of her finest errors. Ghosting is good. Fake Smile is really good in terms of it giving you a window into the world that she is dealing with, essentially, and how difficult she finds it to put on a brave face. Yeah. And there are, like, categorically good songs on here, like Imagine. But the problem with Imagine, and again, this is no one's fault but my own for the office that I work in, I've heard Imagine so often now that, like, I can't listen to it. Same with Thank You Next, which is clearly a great song. Yeah, but it, it is it a good song, this, which I've, I've actually come around to. It's an excellent song. Um uh, just, I, I just think generally that, like, I, I, okay, I agree, it is better than Sweetener, but I don't think it's too different from it. I think, I think it's, it's, it's mining a lot of the similarities from that record. I don't think it has moved on enough as a statement, which is something that we're going to come to later on in the show, I think. But essentially, I like it. I, I kind of need some distance or something, but you can't get the distance because Ariana Grande right now is the big pop avatar. She's everywhere. Yeah, she's the biggest pop star on the planet right now. Yep. You'd have to argue. Uh, but the thing is, the thing becomes then, it's not really about her. It's the way social media is, the way the media in general is now. Anyone that is in that role is going to be oversaturated to a point where we just can't listen to them. So there will always be this issue, I guess. And is she the lesser of many evils in terms of, I still find her quite interesting. I don't really care about her love life that much. There's enough in this record for me to enjoy it and be able to switch off that kind of TMZ nonsense or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, Does it move on enough from Sweetener? Probably not, but I think it's a huge step in the right direction. I will, this has replay value for me, which Sweetener didn't bar a handful of songs. So, yeah, I mean, it's a 7.5 probably for me. I, I think it, it's a big improvement. Okay, um, yeah. I'm going to withhold a rating. It's somewhere between a 6 and a 7 at the moment, generally. Okay. Uh, but I also haven't spent a ton of time with it because it's difficult to actively listen and make time for something that you're already <clears throat> constantly hearing. Yeah, here's a question. When you talk about her having a space, maybe a record or so ago, to just be Ariana Grande, what do you kind of envisage that being, of like a kind of da- dangerous woman mode? Or it, what direction do you foresee her going in if she had maybe less interference or kind of less cooks kind of in the kitchen? I'm not sure she does. I, I know. Do you mean in terms of writers? Yeah, I guess so. I, I think or, she very much does her own thing. I think she's quite independent that way. I, I don't know. She's in a very interesting... So do you think... Sorry, you, then did you mean that you think her narrative is being kind of controlled by media stories and stuff to the extent that it's clouding it, as opposed to the music? I well, guess. okay, well, the yeah. narr- the media narrative, she has little kind of control over. Mm. I mean, if she tweets, it's probably a news story. I think as an artist, in terms of making a statement of her own, 
I feel like she's made it twice now, and maybe this is this no, this probably is definitely the better version of the statement that she's making with yeah. Sweetener. And it's kind of I'm moving on, I'm raising myself up. She's getting a bit more uh, abrasive now, I think. I mean, like songs like you know, closing this album with uh, "Break Up with Your Girlfriend on Board." Yeah, that's provocative. It's, a great title. it's an excellent, <laughs> excellent title, but it's provocative as hell, and I can see why it would kind of rub people the wrong way. She's currently in this mode where, like, if this was wrestling. I would say that she's like the Becky Lynch model here. She's like a tweener. She's neither a face nor a heel. Yeah. She's kind of neither one thing nor the other. And that's probably where she needs to be right now. Look. There felt like truer moments for me on this than the last record where it like stuff like Fake Smile. Whereas the last one was I've been through a lot and here's the kind of the uplifting pop record. This is more like the I'm rebound. still going through a lot of shit. Yeah. And which is which is very good that she's honest about it and she's dealing with it in her way. And again, I do find myself, I temper my criticism because obviously her circumstances are quite unique and she's handling them incredibly well. And of course, she's still like, what, 20 fucking five or something? Yeah. Uh, I think she's fiercely intelligent. I think she's interesting, but I'm just, there's just too much of it now. But again, so, I don't know how much how much of any of that is her fault. It's just society, baby. <laughs> she wasn't at the Grammys, Craig. <laughs> no, there was a wasn't. whole thing about the Grammys and that, you know, she was trying to uh, do her performance and she felt that it was being tampered with by the head of the Grammys. Didn't show up. Uh, I didn't watch the Grammys because I think it's a waste of fucking time. <laughs> However, it seems like a lot of people got honoured this year who maybe should have been. Uh, it was very female-centric, which was good. Yeah. There were some other problems, though. I think, you know, I think... Because she, she sent out a series of tweets when Mac Miller didn't win uh, and mm. Cardi B won in his place. But they had flown Mac Miller's parents to the event. I guess on the understanding that he was going to win. And then what? He didn't Surely know. you have, they know and they have that conversation with them, no? Well, Ariana Grande didn't know because when it, when it happened, she tweeted out like, this is absolute bullshit. And that would it. be a baffling decision to do that, wouldn't it? It's, it's no, kind of any, weird, right? You, you yeah. think if you're going to go to the trouble of it, like, it's probably because he's going to win, right? But no. Cardi B dedicated her award, co-dedicated her award to him. And elsewhere, Casey Musgraves is a big winner. Yeah. Drake um, won something. <laughs> I don't have the list in front of me. It was because a standing ovation for Drake, and I believe why I didn't see his speech, but I believe it was cut. His mic was cut off. Um, no bad thing. No, um, we had Alicia Keys hosting it, who apparently did a great job. It was just like it's kind of nice for them not to go to a kind of comedian route. Maybe yeah. she just did kind of medleys of other people's songs. Apparently, she was a great presence and just did it like you didn't Mad watch Mac it either, did you? No, I didn't. I just said that I watched some of the red carpet with Ryan Seacrest, which was hilarious. Oh. He's just like, I'm both impressed and terrified of him constantly. He's just a machine, like, isn't he? I don't know how he does that job, where he's just so delighted to see everyone, but he is just so ice cold. It's amazing. He does this amazing thing when he's got like, like at one point, Mark Ronson and Lady Gaga rocked up with two other musicians, one of which was um, Anthony from Dirty Pretty Things. And I'm just like, wow, we're not hanging out with the Libertines anymore. You're with Gaga. <laughs> Things are looking up. But Ryan Seacrest will do this thing where he, like, asks them all a question. And, of course, like, one of the unknown dudes start answering, right? And he starts smiling. He's going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he has the mic up to them. And you will see his hand just move away from them <laughs> to a Gaga or a Ronson as they're speaking. He's ice cold. So I enjoyed that. Okay, that was I, my big takeaway. I watched the BAFTAs. Oh, how highbrow of you! Yeah, that's <laughs> your regular lovey. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I have moved recently to a to a nice area, <laughs> so I have to, yeah. I have to go and, in case the curtains are open and someone passing, a neighbor sees in. And yeah, I have the curtains like, fully yeah. open. Like, hello, I'm watching the Baftas. I've just moved in. <laughs> I'm going to have a long hot bath after this. <laughs> It was uh, what happened. Joanna Lumley, was, Joanna Lumley was a dreadful host. Uh, oh, the worst ever I heard. Yeah, really bad. Was that an odd choice? Because 
she doesn't seem very zeitgeisty. No, but she's a British. Her. She's a British institution. I yeah. like Joanne Lumley as a rule. Well, yeah, so do I. Even if she did host do. that weird twenty years of the Black Eyed Peas show recently on ITV, oh, yeah. which that was a real thing. That's not like a fucking. Alan- Remember, I think we we talked about it on the po- on the pod, but I don't think any of us watched it. No, I'm going to track it down eventually. Yeah, I, I do want to hear down. about MC Taboo. So uh, the Baptists were shite, uh, very predictable, very safe. Uh, she was crap. Her jokes didn't land. Nobody was laughing. Um, it is what it is. Uh, Letitia Wright uh, from Black Panther. Okay, won like the Rising Star Award. And her speech was genuinely up there with like your commoner garden UFC fighter wins and thanks God afterwards speech. <laughs> like I don't want to mock because she was talking about how she overcame a lot of mental health problems. Okay. But every second word was God. And I was just like, Jesus, like this is this is genuinely like people were kind of like, do we applaud this? <laughs> like, yeah. Because you know, yeah, like yeah. that weird thing, because like, like that does like like you find it's like that you're endorsing. <laughs> you find that UFC fighters like I mean like if they win and they start being like, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my main man Jesus. Uh, people are like, oh, and then you occasionally get like booing. There's a guy like I'm not a big UFC guy anymore. I was briefly for yeah. a couple of years. Uh, however, there's a guy in there called uh, Yale Romero. <laughs> Do you know his nickname is Greg? Go on, <laughs> Soldier of God. <laughs> it's kind of excellent. It's fantastic. <laughs> I was like, "What True Detective season two? What was it God Warrior?" It's not that. I'm two you. episodes into season three. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what are you thinking thus far? It's it's got it hooks into me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Back a bit. Mahershala Ali is a fantastic He's actor. Amazing. The makeup work is brilliant. As the yeah, as the old dude. Like because there's so like three timelines. Yeah, yeah, of him. yeah. Um, uh, Scoot McNary perfectly cast as White Trash. He's fantastic throughout. And yeah. Stephen Dorff isn't bad either so far. Um, yeah, it's not quite. This season isn't quite like a bunch of detectives. It's more Ali, but yeah, he's always good to see. Yeah. He won a BAFTA. He won for Green Book. Okay, I was hoping Sam Elliott would win for Star Is Born, but he wasn't even nominated. Awards for you. <laughs> see, uh, Sean Penn wrote a defense of Bradley Cooper. The last person you want writing a uh, defense. Of yeah, you. I was going to say, why didn't Bradley Cooper write a defense of Sean Penn? Like, what's what? <laughs> yeah, not great. What um, did it contain? Did it? Just... I basically was just saying he should have been nominated for best director of the Oscars, and it's, he's made like the he's made the most popular contemporary love story of all time. How has Sean Penn got away with so much throughout his career? I wonder. In terms of, he seems like an awful dude, right? Well, we're going to talk about an awful yes. dude in the music news in a few minutes, so we'll we'll pivot to that in a second. Uh, first, though, I want to talk about something. I want to talk about the wonder that is Barry Davies, the football yes, commentator. Do. Because uh, it was a big week for football. We uh, <laughs> had the passing of Gordon Banks. Legendary. England figure. World Cup winning legend and St. Pa- Patrick's athletic legend. Played one, one, played one game for them. And uh, we saw Man United uh, not defeat Paris Saint-Germain. Outclassed, I guess. And afterwards, word. I cheered myself up by watching some of Danny Dyer's The Real Football Factories. <laughs> Is that just where like, he goes to Brazil and like talks This was it? in London, and he's hanging out oh, with, so with he's lads. purely in London. He's swaggering about, and I mean swaggering. And he's talking to lads who basically were in like all the firms growing up. And it's such a lionization. It's such a glorification I'm of gonna these guys. I'm going to guess. I'm not quite sure, but I'm going to guess he's a West Ham fan. He is a West Ham <laughs> fan. He also, at one stage, was talking about, he was trying to liken what it was like. And he said, uh, do you remember that film from back in the day? The Warriors, yeah? And then he just goes, pop a film. <laughs> it was like, Jesus. Turned into John Ross. Yeah, he's terrible. I uh, didn't like that. He's but, kind of amazing, though, isn't he? I have a soft spot for Danny Dyer. I don't like him. Oh, really? I'm not into this cult thing, no. I kind of like him, to nah, be honest. I'm not into it. Have you watched the documentary about aliens? No. 
Okay, well, that's where we differ because that is sensational. <laughs> we differ TV. In that you've watched it, and I haven't. <laughs> so yeah, um, all of which got me thinking about the great commentator that is Barry Davies because I was thinking about how there really aren't that many good football commentators anymore. This guy was the best, and he really should have had a better career. He had a great career, but I think he should have had more in his kind of way. Like he just got such a fantastic voice. Uh, let's have a quick listen to his voice. Nish. Lee, interesting, very interesting, oh, look at his face, just look at his face. It's one of his more iconic calls, he's great, great man, uh, kind of stopped commentating on football about 10 years ago, uh, still commentated on Wimbledon up until recently, he's getting on, but he's a lovely, lovely man and we like him a lot, and uh, the, for no reason, I just want to stop at him, and how he was actually the voice of Actua Soccer 2 on the PlayStation 1 back in the day. I feel like I had that. It was a great game, uh, even though I'm sure if you played it now, it would be like impossible to do anything. It would look terrible. It was actually pre-Pro Evo. No, Pro Evo was kind of around that time as well. Also, I think it was okay, kind of coming together. Because that one, was preceded by ISS Pro, which is International oh, yeah. Soccer Pro. But, oh, you had that. But Barry Davis was great because like, like he, he had such a, a wonderful formality and gravita to how he would describe players uh, just by saying their names. Like he'd have stuff like Ariel Ortega... <laughs> And like uh, Yuri Jokayev, yeah, uh, Jokayev. It like, sounded like he had fun in the booth, probably. <laughs> Who else did he did he, did he have? Um, there was a good few other ones. Um, Enrico Chiesa, like that kind of stuff. He just has this kind of weird velvety thing going yeah. on. So yeah, big fan of him. It's amazing. Technology and gaming has like increased so much, but the sports commentary is still ropey as hell in terms of yeah, like recognizing players and. Yeah. Stefan Schapwizat. Big fan. So, uh, before we get on with the show, I went to see last week's guest, go back and listen if you haven't yet, Talos, Owen French and his band, perform in a church. How was that setting for him? Uh, it works perfectly for him. Yeah, um, I'd imagine so. Pepper Canister Church in Dublin. Interesting, because uh, I was in the media area, Craig. Of a church? That's right. That is disgusting. <laughs> it was a media section. It was, what, what area was the media section? The balcony. Okay. So, But it was interesting, because you went in, and like it's clearly not it's not your standard gig venue, is it? It's a church. You know, unless you're into God. And maybe you feel in like, a big way. Yeah, you feel like you're going to a gig every week. But like essentially... You get there, and they had set up these kind of ballroom wedding-style chairs, which couldn't clear the banisters. So you had to either, like, perk your head up over the banister to look properly and kind of extend your neck. Okay. Uh, or kind of, like, look through the, the, the gap. So, yeah, obviously they removed the regular church seating, because you couldn't be just, like... No, that's upstairs in the balcony. Because No, the church seating is on the side, but they... Oh, sorry, I get There you, were I signs up that said, don't come in here, because yeah, it's you. not safe. Um so we ended up just standing. We stood and looked over the the barrier, looking down at all the plebs who were looking up, being like, who are those guys? Uh, but I had a great view. Jesus. <laughs> that was Dave. <laughs> I could see it. Uh, I could see it perfectly down the way. Uh, terrific show, I must say. Nice. Uh, he has like five men on stage with him. It's a full band experience. It's apostles, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they really kind of liven up. Uh, a couple of tracks in particular uh, felt like the best extravagance of of M eighty three. Like it was that good. So <laughs> that's high praise coming for you. As a it really is. M83 yeah, band. I mean, like there was a few tracks like uh, Odyssey Part Two and Kansas and Two AM. Those ones, they're all excellent. Uh, really, really good. Uh, had a few beers at the after party afterwards. Not in the church, though. No, no, there was no just a bit altar wine. <laughs> there was no beer being sold in the church or or water or anything. Right. So, but yeah, that was fun. How was your weekend? Um, it was quiet, yeah. I, d- I didn't get out much. Um, I don't go to many gigs anymore, and I'm going to be going to one less this year. 
Ryan Adams. Oh yeah, jeez. Whoa, 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 did you get tickets? No, I didn't get tickets. I hadn't got tickets as yet. Well, why um, don't you? I'm sure everyone knows, but take yeah. Away. So the news broke for us as recording this last night. Um, a New York Times report alleging seven women um that were claiming that Ryan Adams had offered to help them with their music careers, but then things turned sexual, and he sometimes became emotionally and verbally abusive. Um, there was also, yeah, the Wednesday story titled Ryan Adams Dangled Success. Women say they paid a price. Um, it was pretty grim reading. Um, there was also talk of Adams having inappropriate conversations uh, with a 20-year-old female musician while she was 15 and 16. Um, and also that he exposed himself during a video call. Just the most awful stuff. Um, testimony as well from his ex-wife, Mandy Moore, um, uh, an artist in her own right, who just said, yeah, she kind of, he derailed her career quite a bit and he was quite manipulative. Um horrible stuff um, obviously great that it comes out and some of these women can be a bit vindicated maybe have a bit of closure move on with their lives but it doesn't look good for Ryan um, as a fan of his music for years I mean you could always it didn't seem like the most shocking thing like the details are shocking but as a personality it's kind of been an open secret that he was a bit of an asshole yeah I'm I think not surprised that's fair at all to say. I'm not surprised at all I guess you hope that he's the asshole that's annoying at a party as opposed to the asshole that will wreck your life. Even in his apology, like there was some kind of gaslighting going on. It was, yeah, prior to the piece coming out, he had um, taken aim at the New York Times with one of his kind of trademark rants um, online, um, basically threatening kind of legal action. Once the article came out, then there was uh, a non-apology where it was basically, these are becoming more and more frequent, where it's essentially... Never meant to hurt anyone. If I unintentionally hurt someone, I'm sorry. And then the next paragraph is, all of this is lies, and those people are liars. And like, anyone who believes <laughs> I hurt them, I, I can't, um, I can't it apologize. Was, yeah, and I think that maybe previous kind of rant was more a statement on his character. I mean, he's kind of liable to fly off the handle online. Um, and you can maybe imagine that translating into his real-life interactions. Basically, this is to say that when Julian Casablancas wanted to beat him up and when Karen O was like, oh, Ryan Adams probably should have listened and stopped listening to his music at that point. Yeah, um, I mean, but look, I don't know. I mean, like, we've we've had this conversation. We'll have it again yeah. about separating art from artists and living vicariously through people and kind of putting them up on pedestals and not really paying attention to the dark stuff and even with the lyrics that you interact with. I, we, like, we had it not too long ago on the show, myself talking about Brand New and Jesse Lacey, yeah. how much of a fan I was of that act and I haven't listened to their music really since. I did actually stick on science fiction there a while ago. Just to see. Just like, to see your, if, yeah. what I could think of it and I found myself not enjoying it and it's just tough. It's just difficult. I, unfortunately, I mean, like, I, I read the story and I believe the story. And, yeah, I mean, you know, it sucks and I, you know, it's awful. Like, like it's all terrible stuff. It's not uncommon. Uh, Twitter, of course, has become a massive shooting gallery since this has come out. Um, and a lot of the kind of discourse has been about that, like, he's far from the only one. It's not surprising. Everyone kind of knew it. None there was that. yeah, there None was that, a of lot course. of well, no that excuses anything, of no. course. But there's it's a just... lot of well-known musicians, and the gist was, oh yeah, I'm not shocked, and not in a kind of way of they knew any details of kind of proper abuse. Yeah, because then just people like, kind of be he's like, not a great guy. People kind of be like, why didn't you do anything? And it's like, well, like, what these can you do? People's lives. You, you just know he's some asshole from meeting him. You don't know what's going on in his personal life. Yeah, um, like it's it's not surprising. Like unfortunately, there are people out there who are that way, and it sucks. And I don't know. I mean, like it's a stuff we not even talk about because I don't really know what we can add to it. Uh, but obviously, it would be irresponsible for us not to mention it. But essentially, I, yeah, I can't imagine those three albums are coming out this year. 
yeah, it'll be interesting. Obviously, not going to the gig. You'd wonder if the tour is going to be t- cancelled. Presumably, it will be. I mean, I saw this week as well. Or Kelly, you see, he's still touring like Europe, and his um, German date was like upgraded to a bigger venue because tickets were going so well. Oh I was like, come on, what? really? What? Yeah, just position petitions to cancel it, but it was moved to a bigger, like eight thousand seats. I was offered into recently with the game, who is coming back to Ireland, uh. and he like recently had like a multi-million dollar settlement for. Uh, a woman I don't want to say anything elite, like, like yeah yeah there was a case yeah. but there's a case against him that is horrific and dude. if he's settling it clearly tells you something and I'm like what you want me to interview this guy and I said no and I'm not being like oh I said no I'm great I was just like I, I, it, to me I'm like why would I talk to this guy unless it was about that and nothing else and even then I'm like it's kind of been covered like it's just kind of weird but it's all weird I mean like, like I know a lot of people like through social media are obviously affecting change and commentary and conversations happen on there that previously were confined to like I don't know fucking like phone calls and talking in person but it's structures of power and kind of hierarchical things take a very long time to fall Uh, I read what I thought was a quite bizarre but not surprising article today by Neil McCormick in the Daily Telegraph very very odd piece I I don't know like how an editor said yeah go ahead with this I suppose he's the bad boy of old man rock and roll journalism is he is that his bad boy I thought he was he's the Rod Little of fucking rock and roll journalism is he the fella that left his wife so essentially right Neil McCormick uh, who I'm sure is happily married good for him I don't know he wrote this piece that was effectively lionising Ryan Adams until the end when he goes ah it's not great is it uh, until that ending the only criticism he had of Ryan Adams was that he doesn't have enough quality control in his music it was yeah. literally like yeah he releases too many albums and this is in a, this weird like potted it's biography a, yeah it's like, it was like a 25 paragraph job yeah and, and most, it essentially came down to I've interviewed him twice and he seemed nice I've interviewed him twice and he seemed very thoughtful yeah. and essentially and then he goes he wasn't really accused of anything wrong in that article just a bit of creepiness and it's like well I think sexting a 14 year old is pretty yeah. illegal um, we should point out that Ryan Adams has stated Denied that he this. didn't yeah. he did what well, wasn't aware of the age of the girl um but you know like even just the dynamic of even if she was 22 it was clearly him being like i'm a famous musician i'm gonna help your career mm. here's my penis do you know what i mean like fucking yeah it's essentially what it was yeah it's gross it's grim okay so we'll move on uh, yeah 21 savage has <laughs> gotten out of jail yeah in the figurative sense he's been released from ice detainment he's out of the ice rink he, yeah, he's it, finally. Um, he was um, arrested for being unlawfully present in the US. Uh, he's been in detainment for over a week. We talked about this previously on the show. Um, so yeah, he's out now. His lawyers have released a statement on the client's behalf. So he was in for nine long days and say on behalf of him, um, we've been speaking with ICE about clarify his actual legal standing, his eligibility for bond and provide evidence of his extraordinary contributions to his community and society. In the last 24 hours in the wake of the Grammy Awards at which he was scheduled to attend and perform, we received notice that he was granted an ex- expedited hearing. Um, so yeah, he's been granted a release on bond and he's won his freedom, which is good news. Yeah, says he will not forget this ordeal and essentially, you know, will, I guess, contest it going forward. Um, I mean, it's 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 one of these things that you just feel never should have happened. I'm glad that it's come to some kind of positive resolution, but at the same time, it was fucked up and wrong. Uh, missing the Grammys, though, I don't think that's that big of a deal. It's the Grammys, man. I mean, like, like as we've discussed, awards. Yeah, he awards got a few shout outs. I think he, had, he probably had other things on his mind. Awards and uh, are no fun, <laughs> no. essentially. Uh, but yeah, that's just a quick 21 Savage update because we talked about it previously yes. and ice can continue to fuck off despite having that really good moniker 
it's pretty cool. It's a great friends. moniker. Like I, mean, I wish if it was, there was merch. Somebody if there was merch. No, I wouldn't buy it because what they stand for, Greg. Oh, but, really? But it is It'd cool. Look pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> Uh, let's reopen a debate because it's been reopened we talked about set times on the show recently and kind of should they be posted in advance should they not be posted in advance Dahi was very keen to say that they shouldn't be posted I believe yes he was um, a big advocate for completely leaving the audience in the dark Mm. let the plebs just rock up London Venue the 100 Club uh, announced at the start of the week that they yeah. will no longer announce set times for their shows they were kind of following on from that example set by that punk band Slaves who were saying that we would support Act Once we don't need to skip that a lot of people in opposition said what about people who have lives and have to coordinate things um, you know we have to get like babysitters we have a job etc I can only make certain errors in the night obviously it's a nice idea to you know try and see all the acts but there's problems from, you know, on both sides, uh, you might say. Um, <laughs> but essentially, yeah, so they said, we're not giving out stage times anymore. We want to support all bands that play here and would like the people to watch Support Acts 2. It's a great way to discover new music, which is a bit condescending. It really is. Smash cut to lots of opposition, and 24 hours later, they changed their mind. Yeah, they posted a new statement saying, we didn't expect such a reaction to the statement made about no longer announcing stage times. Though there's been a lot of support for it, it's made other people feel angry and concerned. The sole intention was to support the supports nothing else middle ground will be sought I think middle ground is fair enough what does middle ground mean though don't know Um, apparently the 100 club though is notorious for uh, not announcing who the support acts even are And also, their times are, are are different. I was reading like like some gigs can start at like seven because oh, there's really? a curfew of a certain time, and like it can be over by like the night can be over by ten, right? Because there's a club in there as well. So again, flawed. The whole thing is flawed. But like, look, I mean, like it's an age old fucking debate, isn't it? I mean, like support acts. Do you care about them at all? Are you the kind of diehard music fan who wants to be down the front and wants to discover new music? It's all there for you to do. But I kind of feel like. Selling someone a ticket to an event and withholding information, I'm just against yeah. that principle in general because that to me just doesn't make any sense. You're paying your money for an event that is running for a certain amount of time. It would be nice to get some information on what you will be enjoying for your money, I guess. Yeah. While I appreciate the sentiment, it's obviously coming from a good place in terms of supporting artists. But if you put, if you put that like in the context of different forms of entertainment, or like it's a complete outlier. Where, where, like, can you think of another instance where you were given very scant information about what will be happening for the thing you're like? Well, most booking. events, like sporting events, like going you'll to the cinema, times, most events have, have like yeah. very specific times that are locked down, and for whatever reason. Music music gigs tend to not have them a lot of the time. I mean, like, you have to go looking for them. Sometimes you have to ask the promoters if you know them, a question that they hate. Because <laughs> um, I guess it is annoying, but maybe it wouldn't be annoying for them if they were made freely available, you know? Yeah. It's random enough. Like, it's it's down to looking up fucking the Three Arena on Twitter or someone, and sometimes there's just no information whatsoever. You just go along. I've never really fallen foul to it. I've never really missed anything. Because there's generally kind of a rule of thumb that, like, it's usually, like, nine o'clock. Yeah. But sometimes it can be well before that. You're like, oh, fuck. Are you, I think you're generally good about catching support, like in your kind of reviewer capacity. I'd be the same where I'd always make the effort to catch the support. Although maybe that went even a like, bit after. even like <laughs> now, we're, we're recording, I'm going to go see Maggie Rogers after yeah. this. And I'm not going to get there for the support because I'm barely going to get there on time for her. Because yeah, I'm recording the fucking show. Yeah. Like every Thursday we record the show at like between 7 and 9 or 6 and 8, whatever it is. And ultimately it can mean that you miss stuff. But you miss stuff. It's good to miss stuff, you know? It is good to miss stuff. <laughs> One man who's not missing the touring life, but we're going back to it soon because there's a new album coming this year, is Tame Impala frontman Kevin Parker. Because he's living it up, Craig. He's got married. Congratulations. Congratulations, Kevin Parker. Well done. The top secret ceremony on a vineyard in Western Australia. Um, got married on Saturday. Clashed with the Grammys. So there was some n- notable absentees. That wasn't good planning on his part, was it? Again, I don't think they mean as much as you think they mean. 
They're well, out for it Lady Gaga was said to be among the invites, but she was unable to attend. So clearly Gaga made her choice. She, she was also, winning Grammys. Yeah, she ditched the uh, BAFTAs as well. Your beloved BAFTAs. She didn't win the, the BAFTA, Grammys. but she won Grammys. Um, and Mark Ronson, who I think is better friends with Parker, Sorry, my beloved there. BAFTAs. <laughs> I said they were shite. <laughs> And you watched anyway. I did, yeah. And I regretted it because I was watching True Detective and I was like, I'm going to pause this to watch the BAFTAs. That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, According to reports, the party ordered 150 McDonald's cheeseburgers at midnight with festivities lasting until dawn. What is this trend of getting fast food en masse for like pretty swanky dudes? I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not crazy about it. It's it is. You're right. It is a bit of a trend. I've seen people who are like, I wonder if I could get like boojum to cater yeah. my wedding. And, and Trump's like, being at it in the White House. Yeah, very high profile example. I don't know. I mean, like it does. It does make me wonder what's going to be going down in Coleman's bash. You know? <laughs> Do you reckon he'll put on a bunch of fast food? I think he'll knowing Coleman, he'll have been out hunting for like the week previous, and he'll like drag a deer into the place. He's and not just, Brock like, Lesnar. But when he, I'm telling you, when he goes overseas, he turns into a Brock Lesnar. He Does very he? much. He loves the hunting lifestyle. I've said yeah. before that he should grow a fuck off beard. He's, he's our man it of would the world. Totally <laughs> suit him, but he won't do it. Yeah, he would look. He's anti beard, even though it would completely suit him. Anyway, um, you have dug up a story from two weeks ago, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Have I? What's yeah, the story? you have. Yeah. <laughs> what is the story? There's a David Bowie possible biopic coming. Oh no, I think the story from two weeks ago was about his son, right? And this is like his. Well, this this is kind of folded in. I'm just trying to have some fun with you, Craig. It's Valentine's. It was a bit hurtful, to be honest. Well, Got yeah. no date tonight, and I'm being attacked by one of my best friends. Fair enough. Okay, I guess this isn't working out the way I hoped it would. <laughs> Essentially, uh, there's a film coming out called Stardust, which purports to tell the story of David Bowie. Uh, only then people kind of gave out about it and said, but wait a minute, uh, Duncan Jones, his son, who's a filmmaker, who has made the films Moon, which was good. And everything else wasn't good. Source Code, it? which I enjoyed. Oh, okay. Warcraft, which was surprisingly all right. And Mute, which oh, I was yeah. mad hype for, and it turned out it was fucking awful. <laughs> he was on Twitter and basically responded to somebody and said that, nah, this journalist has this article all wrong. We haven't sold the music rights or the rights to for a biopic to anybody, and I would fucking know about this. And then the producers of this film, Stardust, said, no, no, you have it all wrong. The film is inspired by David Bowie. It, like, yeah. It'll look like him, but not really. And there'll be no music of his in there. So if this thing gets made, uh, it doesn't have the family's blessing, doesn't have his tunes. So it doesn't have what's much. the point? Yeah, the latest is um, a friend of Bowie's from childhood, George Underwood, was kind of asked about it. Um, he's, you know, he's talking head Cirola quite a bit. He's the man responsible for giving Bowie his uh, famous... Um, permanently dilated pupil so that's kind of his claim to fame although he doesn't like rolling out that story he says in this interview which is quite great All but right. he's saying about the film that he's uh, dreading it and they never seem to get it right he was a fan of Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> which see the trailer uh, for that new one that Richard Curtis one did you? Danny Boyle, Richard Curtis. It's called, no. it's called Yesterday. Oh, is that? Oh, I didn't realise that was Richard Curtis. I should have known. How I, did you not know? <laughs> I saw a clip and I was like yeah, I should Ed totally Sheeran and James known. Corden are in it Oh, it's about a brilliant. man who uh, wakes up one day and... Disc- the Beatles don't exist, but he knows all of their songs. Yeah. And he becomes famous and loses his way. And you just know that at the end of a Paul McCartney, he's going to mysteriously show up and be like, all you need is love, mate. Do you reckon there's a scene where he does like run for your life where he talks about maybe bashing his girlfriend for going off with another fella and they're just like, you can't do that. I assume that's 20 minutes in. Yes, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, so that's a film that I will watch just to yes, hate watch it, but I think I'll probably never watch it. Were you a fan of, um, going back to Sean Penn, um, I, I Am Sam? Do you remember that? Which had loads of Beatles I watched in it, I he Am was, Sam. he was like, playing a, a mentally challenged guy. I came home from work one night when I Am Sam was out and my mother had watched it and she was on the couch and she had gone through a box of tissues. Yeah. She was in bits. Yeah. And I watched it and I also cried. <laughs> but 
I feel like it's also one of those ones where like it's an actor if you went back to it you'd be like doing an overtop performance of a mentally challenged man for looking for Oscar awards yeah. yeah and I just that whole practice is questionable yeah but I remember thinking Dakota Fanning was good in it um, and the music as yeah, look, it was 17 years ago Craig I, it was covers it was pretty good I'd like to move on from, from it. <laughs> let's move on from the story right um. off you go <laughs> A man is campaigning for a statue of Easy E to be erected in Sussex. Of all places. Uh, yeah, it's actually not even just Sussex, it's the small town of New Haven. Guy Stevens has asked local council to remember the NWA rapper who died in 1995, saying it will add to the town. Just do it, he told the town council. Get a statue or a plaque up. Why not? You just wasted money on a bandstand on Denton Island. We all know that. Mm-hmm. No one cares about it, so why not an Easy E memorial? Why not? I'm kind of with them. I'm with them. Yeah, I don't think you need, like, kind of memorials tied to people's birthplaces and things like that. An easy, like, if I walk past an easy statue, it would brighten up my day. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Also, here to brighten up our day is an interview, everybody. I want you to get to know a new man who's rising through the hip-hop ranks in Dublin and the wider Dublin, a.k.a. Ireland. Uh, essentially, <laughs> uh, <laughs> His new single with Molly Sterling is called Just My Luck. Have a listen to Nilo, and then afterwards have a listen to us chatting to Nilo for quite some time. Enjoy this. The way I said I gave you four great seasons to make you stay. Gave you four great seasons to make you stay. Delighted to be joined by Nilo, or MC Nilo, as he's also been uh, known in some places. So <laughs> Not really MC Nilo, <laughs> just Nilo. Yeah. What, what is the crack? Added an MC. I saw at least First one of all, thing. Woo! Hello, yeah, sorry. Hey, yeah. Warm welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. This is actually a long time coming, to be fair, because I met you a, f- a few years ago, I think yeah. it was, uh, at a party uh, with the Code Line lads. Yeah. But I, th- I may have met you before that, and we I keep up meeting each other. I think officially that was the official meeting, yeah, it was at that crazy party. How yeah. was it? I thought, I, thought, I thought we did okay. I thought there did was, really good, yeah. yeah. Some charm for two lads I've never met before. We hung out for most of the night. One of yeah. those crazy code line parties, was it? It was like back in the Motley Crew days. <laughs> the ones that you read about in Rolling yeah, Stone, motorbikes yeah. through the living yeah. room, and yeah, yeah, I probably shouldn't mention them anymore. But no, yeah. and yeah, since then, I mean, like, you know, I bumped into you at films, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, but I haven't bumped into you walking dogs, which is something mm. that you enjoy doing. That's because you don't. I drove by you the other day. I know. With about five dogs in my car. <laughs> and he was on his headphones staring into his phone, but, but laughing at the same time. Doesn't okay. sound like me. <laughs> at, at something you, he just tweeted himself. Lock, I, I moved to Castle Lock. Right, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. And to yeah. be fair, no, this is good because every episode so far with me moving has mentioned that I've moved. And yeah. now we've, we've revealed the location. <laughs> oh, and sorry. also the celebratory <laughs> bath you took when you moved in. Can you get over it? Sorry, <laughs> I took a bath because I went for a long walk. And I, I had access to a bath for the first time in a while mm. and I took full advantage. I feel that because I yeah, used to fine. have no bath and then when I got an apartment with a bath in it I was like I'm going to use the, the shit out of this yeah. bath but yeah. now I never use it and my cat just shits in it so so essentially with the dogs right I mean this is a full time gig for you and to the point where it's now crossed over into your music career because you're a promotional photograph that's been doing the rounds that's been lighting up the the virtual billboards that, mm-hmm. we, that we're seeing around the yeah. city is you and a dog a very mm-hmm. impressive looking dog by the way yeah. are you afraid now this gig is sold out pretty fast right Yeah. are you afraid that people are coming for the dog mm. I think that would be an unrealistic expectation for people. Nice. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like I've seen people posting under the MCD original post saying, 
is this false advertising and stuff like that? You know, if the dog's not there, he's taking up half the poster. He's man. taking up. Yeah. To be fair, it's a lot of the poster, but I mean, you got to use what you have. <laughs> it's a good shot, and to be you fair, know? I yeah. enjoy it. I also enjoy that you're shirtless and a lot. Of what's going on? Yeah. How, how, do you, how do you feel about uh, Mar- Maroon 5's Adam Levine getting pilloried for taking his shirt off? Did you see the memes where it was? Uh, it's the same picture, but it just says bleeding through, like the band. Oh, I saw him with image. I, I saw him with converge. Yeah, <laughs> was it? Was he pilloried? Yeah, I feel like that. Okay, I've been avoiding social media, but um, yeah, I thought that was like the best bit of the whole performance. Him off. Yeah, I think so that was like a real peak. Were people taking the piss out of the fact that he did that? Yeah, or? and they also were like uh, justice for Janet Jackson. Like one, oh, one set of, oh, one set of oh. nipples is okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, how do you feel about contributing to this sexist imbalance, Nilo? That's that, that's the real question. Uh, yeah. Like like it's okay. I feel like it's okay for everybody to take their, their gear off. It's grand, <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, I don't hear here. I mean, I'm not going to say I don't discriminate because that sounds pervy, but like, I don't really. <laughs> yeah, you know I don't what I mean? discriminate. I'm not going to be leering at some girl if she takes her top off. Like, just go for it. It's while fun. while I'm grilling, you know, and we will get to the tunes, I should mention that you had a podcast for some time within a mile. Of I did. Home, within a mile of home with Zach and Nelly. I, I I talked about it on the show before. Very much enjoyable. Uh, we had uh, Paul Allwright on before. He was your yeah. he was your science correspondent for a while. For a minute, yeah, he was. Yeah, nice. that was good crack. So I'm just fascinated by like how you've had a lot going on. You used to be in like a hardcore band back yeah. in the day, right? So you've mm-hmm. and that was what ten years ago ish. No, I was in, like that was that only broke up in about 2014, All 15. Right. My numbers so. are off. That's fine. No, that's grand. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was like a massive part of my life because there was so many tours going on with that. And you know what you are when you're younger as well. It, the, the music is everything to you, really. Yeah. And then when you're touring as well, a couple of times a year, and these were like month long tours and stuff. So when we broke up, I was like, hmm what the fuck do I do now, really, you know? And, uh, yeah, then I started walking dog. Well, I went to college, <laughs> got a law degree, got a master's in law, started being a friend to solicitor, and I was like, no, I don't like this anymore. I, I love how quickly you skipped over that yeah. initially. You're just like, so then I started walking dog. Yeah. Oh, no, I actually uh, yeah. got a law degree. And I, I know, yeah, I just, my life <laughs> is a bit of a madness. Yeah, and now I'm actually happy walking dogs. I'm happy with the music, happy walking dogs. And then I coach kids jujitsu like on a Tuesday and Thursday. It's, night, rid- it's right? ridiculous. Like I feel yeah. tired just like doing the bare minimum. <laughs> I'm actually. I'm not gonna lie. I'm knackered. Like, <laughs> I'm, right, I'm, like, I'm seriously tired. But only since I started the music has everything really caught up because and it's only the admin side of the music that's the hard part. It sucks, right? It's yeah, really yeah. and it's as you try to get more serious with it, it builds up and builds up until you're like, fuck. Do I need a manager or like? Yeah, you're basically managing actually, yourself, right? Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, okay, so like you've gone from I guess obviously a different genre of music. But like mm-hmm. you obviously were plugged into the dub music scene for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, w- between then and now, like, what have you noticed in terms of like any kind of difference? Because it seems to me that like since you've launched this new project, there's been serious goodwill. Like, there's a lot of people coming out and supporting you. Yeah, uh, you've hooked up with MCD. Yeah, gigs are selling out very very fast. Yeah. You haven't released that much music. No, no I mean, really. Are you are you kind of like Jesus? What this has happened pretty quick. I think it's where hip hop is at right now in, in Dublin and Ireland in general. It has helped me a lot. And then being proficient at music and like lyrics before that has helped me as well. And then just knowing people within the music scene has helped me a lot. So like it's a combination of those three things. It's good timing, like my work ethic and like the music is not bad either. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> not going to blow me on trumpet, but it's good. The new stuff is much better. But like I had to start somewhere with like a you know an EP. Sorry, I keep looking at Dave. Even though no, you're, you're right grand, there, Craig. Right there, look, well. look man. <laughs> a man's eyes are drawn to where they're drawn. Yeah. He, shouldn't, he shouldn't take offense. Uh, yeah, it's a mix of a bunch of different things. Like I think the timing is right right now, and and I keep getting these feelings that the timing is really right because of where hip hop is at right now, and in music worldwide in general, it's only on the up and up. You know, like 
even what was Adam Levine saying the other day about about fucking <laughs> rock being on, he's like I don't know where rock music is at right now or something did you see that? Avril Levine. no uh, Adam Levine Adam, Adam Levine, Levine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Avril Levine. I was like what? he came out and said something like where, where, if rock music is around right now I don't know where like I don't know where it is someone has to tell me or I don't know where like, Maroon 5 would slide yeah, no, no, no yeah, that's the one. thing it's like who do you think you are bro? <laughs> at the same time though I, I was only having this conversation today I don't think we're anywhere near uh, backlash would be the wrong word I don't think we're anywhere near people getting turned off by the hip hop rise in Dublin mm. and Ireland so the, the whole country really which has been happening over the last couple of years and it's been great however I do wonder if say the rise in recent months of guitar based bands um, some of whom are being kind of very hyped in the media and are getting a lot of attention I wonder if that is in fact a direct response to this gap in the market that has opened up because of the rise of hip hop. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Yeah, and in, in Dublin, it's weird, is because yeah, I feel still feel like there's not as much hip hop in Dublin. I see. I'd say every other country is quite saturated. Like America seems oversaturated with trap and stuff like that. Craig's favorite thing. There's <laughs> oh, a lot over trap here. Drums, man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hate trap music? I love a lot of trap music, yeah. but just you know those very generic trap drums oh, that are yeah, on every sure. pop song every, now. Yeah, yeah that's it's just thing. when and, they're just frivolous nonsense. And that's when it reaches saturation when yeah. pop is stealing from these genres and being like, yeah, "Let's just throw Katy Perry with it with a trap." Yeah, exactly, drum exactly. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Like it's like, but uh, yeah, to, to go to the guitar. I think that just is good time for guitar bands right now in Dublin. Like you have Fontaines, Murder Capital bands like that. And I don't know whether it's a, a backlash or... It always know. goes in cycles, Music really, doesn't it? Cycles, I mean, there was a bit yeah. of a lull for and a few years. And it seems almost like you have a couple of good bands that join together and then all of a sudden has hype behind it. And there is, like, to be fair, it doesn't feel like a division. I've seen bands from, or acts from kind of both genres shouting each other out. Exactly, and there does exactly. seem to be a lot of that camaraderie as well. And yeah. obviously, you know, Dublin's fucking tiny. Probably benefits everybody not to, like, start any fucking wars with anybody. But, like, it is an interesting kind of correlation that that's kind of occurring and I mean there's been so much about hip hop's rise in this country and it's funny because like when Greg and I were in hot press like Stuart Clark was banging that drum in yeah. 2011 and it's like what I find intriguing is like back then I mean it was played like not played for laughs but like it was kind of presented you know there was like the RT documentary the infamous one which just like that, I mean that was back when I was just kind of like I was on the outskirts I wasn't even in the hip hop scene but I was a fan of a lot of people that were in that doc- documentary like Little Dialect, uh, Costello, like G.I. lads like that. And back then the angle was taking the piss out of it because everybody took the piss out of Irish hip-hop and they mm. still do. Like a lot of my mates back home would just be like, oh, I don't like Irish hip-hop, you know, I don't like the accent. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know, that attitude is still there. It is still it's there. slowly changing though. But I think that's interesting because I, I think the accent thing is interesting and like I'm not going to sit here and fucking like pretend that I've never had a barrier with the accent and, yeah. the, and the Irish accent and hip-hop and had the instant kind of thing. And like, I mean, like maybe it is because I fucking grew up middle class. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it probably is. I mean, yeah. like it's one of those things where I, it, a natural knee-jerk reaction when I would hear that and I think I hope it's gone or going in me now and yeah. like, obviously as a music journalist who actively listens to music and seeks out new stuff I do my best to not fall into that trap but like there would have been a time when I would have thought fuck this this sounds ridiculous and what do you think that was I think it was me. Being, that. I think it was unconscious. Uh, me being unconsciously classist. Like, okay. like, like I think yeah, it was. Do you really yeah. think it was a classist thing? I, I, I have to like fucking throw my hands up here and oh, say it's brave to admit. No, like, yeah. I, I don't think it's brave. I mean, I think it's because like. I but hold on. So you? I sound was, like I'm from Dublin Four, even though I'm not. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm from fucking Loud. And, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't want to like put myself in the spot here and be like, oh my god, like I'm Liam Neeson over here. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, essentially, walk in the streets. Let's not. Let's not. But, but like. I wonder, like, I mean, like, for me, because I, 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 I was thinking about this last night, and I was thinking, that must be what it is. I think I'm at fault. A lot of people have that. 
I mean, some, yeah. like Paul Allroyd was talking about it before, and he, he calls it this malignant shame, like left over from colonialism, which is like fairly deep, but like that we that we secretly despise our, ourselves in an artistic way. Oh, I despise myself. That's, but that's what I think <laughs> that, it is. Yeah, rather right. than I don't think it's a thing of like, oh, it's a certain class that you can't, you don't have an affinity for. I think it is like almost an Irish self-loathing where yeah. when you hear hip hop combined with. A voice that sounds very local to you. Yeah. This weird, like, uncanny valley thing where your brain rejects it because, like, well, this isn't what hip hop is. Exactly. And it's this also, is, yeah, like, we're making a mess of it. And yeah. who the fuck do you think you exactly. are is, like, part yeah. of it as well. But, uh, what was I going to say? Lost it. Go. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> take a breath and we can just, like, click back into it. Like, this, this ain't live. Well, yeah. you know, in terms of, in terms of, um, taking a piss out of hip hop or rap or just mm. kind of the Irish credentials increasing in recent years, your own move from, like, a more hardcore background mm. to suddenly going, okay, I'm now rapping. Yeah. I mean, you immediately come out with an EP that is undeniable, but just even telling other people this yeah. is the direction I'm going was that a bit of a choker of like I'm now doing this that was huge man that <laughs> yeah. was very very difficult mentally you know because like yeah. we all have this anxiety of course, uh, like yeah. that we're you know and there is that within yourself to be like who the fuck do you think you are who do I think I am you know yeah. and who is everybody else going to think I think I am you know it's like that that whole circle and maybe that's why I didn't do it till my early 30s you know I think I wanted to do this probably 10 years ago yeah. but I I think hardcore punk was easy for me back then because I was already in the scene, you know, the bands were already formed, I wasn't going to get ridiculed and like I was just, I went down that road, I kept going down that road but when I went into this, it just it just felt natural for me and I haven't had one bad word said, it's so weird because mm-hmm. I had imagined all these people slagging me off behind my back and maybe they are, who knows, I don't care but... <laughs> I haven't heard one bad thing. Not one fucking bad thing. Like maybe one person said, "I don't like your singing," and that's cool. Okay, you know. But I think when you have yeah. the material that you have out there, it's a lot different. Like people can't really argue with it, as opposed to if you were just wandering around for ages, being like, "Yeah, I'm pursuing rap now." That's true. <laughs> you that's know what true. I mean? Yeah, like, I didn't really tell that many people. Like it's all fr- close friends, yeah, of course. And then I put the yoke out, and then everybody just knew. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was wor- it was working on the art that made me a little more uh, confident with it because. You know, if you're coming out with something you're unsure of, those anxieties are going to be multiplied. But I wrote a lot, a lot of songs to get good before I released anything. You know, the first fucking 30 songs I wrote were shy. I'll never listen to them again, you know? I might go back for the laugh through them. Like, but, you know, and then I've written, written maybe 30 since then, and it's just like a, an evolution of getting better, you know? Yeah, yeah. What do you get from the tracks, though? Because, I mean, I kind of got the vibe that this was meant to unsettle you a little bit. Like, it wasn't meant to be, like, this warm arm around the shoulder. No, like, definitely yeah. not. It was very much kind of a case of, yeah, things are a bit tough, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> things are a bit tough, yeah. aren't they? That's the name of the new album, I see. <laughs> MC Dave. <laughs> things are a bit tough, aren't they? Yeah. By MC Handwriting. Like, you mean mentally? But generally, yeah. I think, like, I mean, I think people are feeling a lot of pressure right now. I think a lot of the ways that that's being kind of explored and excised, if at all, is through fucking very naked expression mm. and I think you know with the tracks you put out despite them being quite you know it's quite like the EP is the serious brevity going on it's them. mad it's short yeah. it's crazy short yeah. which I was like yes <laughs> <laughs> I know attention yes. spans are small these days so small yeah. yeah but like even but even that to pack a lot into it and kind of get the atmosphere going I was like Jesus I was like this is like fucking like glass of whiskey at two in the morning oh, that's cool <laughs> but it is very dark at times like it is that thing of like you know talk about glass of whiskey or you know things you look for like the little oblivions you look for to kind of get away from the harsh reality of now I mean, there's that's a, lot a of fucking that, Irish thing in fairness yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. and that's why that mixes with my music pretty well because I always talk about substances and drink and mm. you know getting out of it and stuff and I, that, that's a very Irish thing so for me uh, that's my experiences of Dublin have been 
a lot of that behavior, you know, and people running away from the problems. Like in the recession, how how many fucking mad sessions was there until like to go on for two days <laughs> because people were running away from shit. That's what yeah. that's the reality of it, you know. And uh, yeah, music just reflects society, really, doesn't it? But now, like, good music does anyway. Yeah, yeah but but that, well, that, that's a good point because I think with regards to you haven't come out and been like, "This is my protest song." No, they just simply have social commentary woven yeah. in, and that's not like in like with fucking neon sign block capitals about them, which is which is why I like it. But I mean, I think with regards to the idea of it's you, no African child, like you know, uh, what's <laughs> that? I mean, Aldous Snow, <laughs> you can get there. Well we, we, well, we don't know what, what's what's to come. Yeah, yeah. Like, apart from the track we're talking about in a couple of moments, but yeah. like I think you know, for you, like you now have like a lot of boxes ticked. I mean, that people would look to for mm. you know, kind of completionism. I I suppose you know, like okay. you know, uh, you're married, yeah. you've a child on the way. Congratulations, yeah. thanks, man. Appreciate um, it. And I mean, like you know, you're fucking you're walking dogs. You got a law degree. You're coaching kids jujitsu. Yeah. You have a good camaraderie in the scene that you're operating in, and you're a popular, dude. Okay, thanks. And yet, <laughs> yeah, you're great, great job. <laughs> but yeah, but the music like has some real fucking darkness to yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like that's the kind of interesting juxtaposition. I guess, man. No matter what you can you do in life, you never shake that. You know, I think. These uh, conditions of the mind are quite, I don't know, are they hereditary or something like that? But, like, no matter what you do in life, unless you're, like, savage at meditating or, like, very at peace with with everything, you're probably not going to shake that stuff, you know? Like, I'm no happier now than I I was two years ago when I wasn't making music at all. What I do have now is purpose. So, like, I'm not at a loose end a lot of the time. And, like, I know which which direction I'm going, so I'm drinking less, doing all that stuff less. Um, maybe that's because I'm married and like having a kid and shit as well. But do you know what I mean? Like I, I guess those things always stay with you unless maybe you solve them. And music helps for sure. It's cathartic in that way, but it doesn't solve your depression and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, does that answer the question? I think so. Well, I mean, I think it's an unanswerable question. Really. Yeah, it I mean, is. Yeah, uh, three, three hard. <laughs> Glad you asked. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, that, I think the question is quite profound. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it is for sure. Yeah, no, that's all. That's probably to me. <laughs> not to fuck around. That's one of the best questions I've ever been asked. Though. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, Meditation-wise, do you do it? Because Craig's a huge fan. Uh, yeah. I've been through cycles of it. I don't actively practice it, and I really want to get back into it. Mm. I just, for me, I. I'm like, where the fuck will I fit that in my day? Which is stupid because you can always fit it in. Yeah, it's easy to slip out of as well. It's just like, yeah. oh, I feel great now. I don't have to do that anymore. I <laughs> Smash cut to like, oh. <laughs> me, me and Lango from the scratch one time did a Buddhist med- meditation course on uh, just off Talbot Street for like six weeks. I think he went uh, like twice a week, maybe every week. Fucking brilliant. It was so good. And like, I remember just getting to these states where it was just complete peace with everything. You know, and and so accepting of, and it's like a reset on your mind as well. Yeah, and, and then you can go back out into the world, and, and you're just actually no stress or any of that stuff. So I really want to get back into that, but it's very easy to fall out of practice with. Yeah, it. really is. I think Craig's working on a book at the moment about it. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, it's more of a pamphlet. <laughs> actually, actually, I've said everything no, I know. He's not. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Although, I mean, if you are, I don't seem that zen, do I? I mean, no, no. Just do an audio book. Yeah. Get like Michael Freud in the radio. Put people. We had him in yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just he, do it last he'll week. he'll come back in. Like, he's itching to do it. So yeah, Michael honest. meditation. Michael I'm meditation. Listen enough. <laughs> I'll let him know. Jesus, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good idea. Uh, so yeah, yeah that that, that's a million dollar idea. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's try and cut him in for it, the minimum amount of profit. Yeah, I'll exactly. take two percent off him. the top. So the new good. single, uh, you've you've worked with Molly Sterling on this mm-hmm. one, "Just My Look," and I mean it's interesting because like 
uh, this one does expand your kind of palette in, both in terms of song length and in terms of kind of collaborating and yeah. everything but again it just seems to be right now that you're tackling this with the com- complete lack of fear like I mean it just seems to be a case of like just diving in at the deep end and being like fuck it this is me yeah. deal with it yeah I think so yeah I think that is the way that it has to be because well I don't want to do a cliche but like you, you have to be challenging yourself to make good music you know yeah. and, and like I think there's music in or there's there's brilliance in being uncomfortable in exploring new genres and stuff but I'd like to say all that and it's, but it sounds quite wanky the re- reality of it is I listen to that Yuli, who is Rafino Murphy, do you know him? He's an amazing uh, music writer. Like he does kind of jazz stuff. Um, he just sent me this beat one day. He's like, "Here, me and one of my friends are working on this." I listened to it. That's what came out. You know, the hook came out. I was walking dogs. I was like, "That's it." Like literally, just went back to the car and wrote it out. You know, and then I worked the rest of the song around that. So there was no really like with the music that I make there's not really any like intentions it's like I sit down I hear the piece of music that someone sends to me and this is what comes out and it might be edited and edited but like I'm not going to say here I'm going to write about drink this time it's literally that's what came out how many dogs were in the car Um, I was out walking I was listening he just sent me a Pressed it on Dropbox. It was I had like four or five at the time, maybe four. That's a five way split or six way split royalties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. That's a co write. Hey man, they be listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Are they like, he's at it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, why is my walk cut short? This chap's writing furiously <laughs> yeah. in his car. Finish your business, dogs. <laughs> yeah. I need to get back or get this I down. Am, <laughs> I'm inspired. Because I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to lose it if I think of a good hook. Because yeah. you don't come that often. Like, you might get a really good one every couple of weeks depending on the music you're listening to but I'm always frantic I'm like fuck I don't want to lose it so I'll sing it like 50 times to the music in the car or something you know and when did like when did Molly come come into mind um, so we just had been talking about doing music together for a while I was like a big fan of her her tunes and she's gone out with a mate of mine and we were kind of hanging around a bit more so she kind of wanted to come on board I was like yeah let's do it Like, she's really good she's, she's amazing she's, she's yeah. obviously gone through her own kind of like I guess regeneration since exactly, where people exactly, would first yeah. know her from um, but I guess going back to yours for a second I mean like did you like were you not getting something from being in Harker like, like I know you were saying at the time it made sense but did you feel like this isn't really what I want mm, no at the time I loved it you know but I, I think I always loved hip hop a tiny bit more and like, there's gonna be lads that be like, "What the fuck? Can't believe you said that." But betrayed, yeah, which sounds like a hardcore band. Yeah, exactly. It is a hardcore band. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I make that from, joke every uh, week, and it's finally paid off. From <laughs> California, I think. Uh, of course, they're fucking. Yeah, so. exactly. And they're straight edge as well. Um, <laughs> what was I gonna say? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I always loved. I loved hip hop before I loved hardcore. I know a lot of people say that, but uh, my first some of my first records were like TQ and stuff like that you know not really hip hop but Wu-Tang Clan shit like that gone down to the Blanche Centre so that was my my entry into music was all that kind of stuff and then I found punk after that and then hardcore after that and then got really immersed in this very small scene and very intense scene for like 10 years and then you find yourself on the other side of that and I was like shit what do I do now so it wasn't that I wasn't getting on anything out of hardcore it was more like that cycle had run its course, you know. It's a, it's kind of a young man's game. And I was yeah, like, I mean, I was wondering. I mean, like, is the scene still active? It is. Yeah, I was actually there last week. Uh, I I try to like go to as much as I can, like as much as my life allows. But yeah, I, lo- I love to dip back in and see that it's doing okay. It's doing good. It's not where it was at like six years ago. We well, aren't there anymore. So I mean, like. that's true. <laughs> as well. Yeah, they're missing the main man. Like, but 
uh, it's about it's like 70, 80 people going to gigs, which is not bad. Like back in the day, there would have been like two, three hundred at the high point. But I remember when we started off, there was like 20. So, I mean, it's good. There's a definite true line in the music in terms of, I mean, you talk about Wu-Tang Clan and that yeah. was, that had the spirit of hardcore to it. Like exactly. the kind of, it can exactly. sound laid back, but there's this menace. And mm. if you look at the kind of recent Tiny Desk stuff with, mm-hmm. you know, Jizz or Wu-Tang yeah. doing it, it's just this real kind of foreboding intensity that exactly. really kind of plays into the hardcore. I was always really attracted to that for some yeah. reason. That sound even like was just beautiful. And then the storytelling aspect yeah. was so always what yeah, I did. The lyrical scope anyway, where you just yeah. open up, yeah. And like you, you can see that Wu-Tang Clan even, they, they, talk about mental health stuff in their own way yeah. you know like on cream and stuff he says mad shit about depression and all but you know disguised in this in this cool kind of like you know uh, package for people yeah. i think when i first heard that i was like fuck this is amazing so yeah maybe that guided me as well to go back to like just uh the accent stuff again because i don't want to let myself off the hook but yeah. also with regards to i think you know for a time there might have been and i can't like i can't speak for irish musicians uh in the hip-hop genre or any irish musician really but i i feel like uh i think when it whatever it meant years ago like it might have been a case of people clinging to like maybe like an american kind of sound mm-hmm. because that was accepted and mm-hmm. safe and what you quote unquote should have done and of course there would have been opposition from scene progenitors yeah uh, now I feel like if anyone was to come out from Ireland and try that they wouldn't last a fucking day I think people still do it do they still do it with American accents yeah yeah loads yeah, of people I think yeah. it's around alright is it yeah, for sure I is don't... there someone obvious I'm not thinking of I'm not going to ask you name names but I'm, I'm just not like gonna, I'm not going to I think there's a few <laughs> fairly popular people and I think that is yeah. an issue of just a mainstream not that into it crowd will be fine with it yeah, I guess I think right? so yeah okay I mean um, it depends on like accents for me are a huge thing but my my opinion of them is changing slightly being educated by people that aren't from Ireland about, you know, these... So, like, for... You really have to be careful about what way to say this. Like, there's different... Like, if someone from Fingers comes out and starts hitting a, uh, an American accent, that's crazy to me. But if someone that has parents from, say, Africa or has come here when they're four or five, accent for them is a completely different thing than it is for someone else. You know what I mean? So they have uh, a little bit more leeway, in my opinion, to do whatever the fuck accent they want because, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, it's like, it, it's maybe their accent has changed. It's more of a fluid like, thing. It's just not, part of their experience, I guess. They're from wherever the fuck they want to be from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's their prerogative to be from there or to speak whatever the way they want. And I think a few years ago, I was like, why the fuck aren't they using a Dublin accent? Or, you know? And like, that's bullshit. But I'm slowly being educated more and more on this, that, you know why am I expecting this you know Yeah. and I think it will change over time because if you look at the different ethnicities that came to Ireland it's more recent thing whereas England has the grime scene and shit like that but England has a, a longer history of having African people coming over before do you know what I mean yeah. like years and years before like they had Jamaican people come over and then the grime scene in the 90s exploded like well we will have that in the next 10-15 years you know but I don't think we should be too hard on people for their accents right now that's totally fair, yeah. I mean, I guess I was thinking more of like, you know, some white bloke who's from... Exactly, like, that's what I was know, talking about. Embedded yeah. in Taliban. And like, yeah. maybe doing it to cro- in the hopes of crossing over as yeah, opposed that's to... Uh, yeah, or, there, that's been... A, that was used to be around for sure. And it still yeah. is around. But that could also be like, those lads. That could just be like colossal insecurity like where you yeah. can't shake it off. And again, but I mean, yeah, I guess, I don't know. Like it is interesting kind of to see like, because obviously you've entered into a scene now where you've been like, from what I can see, like accepted with open arms. Yeah. There's warmth there. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question. 
if you don't want to answer it, that's fine. We can <laughs> okay. just edit it out and move on. Yeah, but I'm genuinely curious because yeah. it's something I haven't really asked people in Irish hip hop. What do you think of Versatile? Okay. Honestly, uh, I used to really like them a lot. And I like ketamine a lot. I think that's really good satire. Like, everybody's been at a se- uh, session like that where some chaps burning the ears off you, you know, and, like, it's fairly debaucherous and it's, like, intense. It's that line party all over again, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying nothing. And, uh, yeah, I, I did like them a lot. I, I don't think they've released any good music since that. Like, I've watched all their videos. I think fair fucking play to them. They're doing amazing. I think the crowd that goes to see them doesn't necessarily know that this is satire a lot of them anyway it'd like be a lot of younger people so in that way that that's a little bit dangerous to me I don't think the crowd cares I think the crowd is just like don't let's, think they yeah, let's get fucked thing. up exactly. but also with Versa I wonder how much of it is satire because in my opinion it's like a gag that's gotten out of hand yeah. and I do want to like sit down and chat to them but they're not doing interviews and that to me tells me because you don't want to be like quote unquote exposed or whatever. Mm, I think it's possible, I think yeah. it's got a shelf life. I saw it at a picnic and I found myself being like, well, this is a fucking moment because this tent is heaving. Mm-hmm. It's full of people. Yeah. It's crazy. And they I love it. Like, and I wasn't really paying attention to what was being said on stage either. Yeah. And I don't agree with a lot of their tactics and kind of yeah. you know some of the lyrics are genuinely questionable. And I can understand why people are, are there is a backlash in there. And of course, they become super popular almost overnight. They sell a gig straight away. I'm just wondering, like, I mean, from your point of view and from other people kind of in the scene, like, does this take away? Does this, like, make you look bad? Or is it like a... I don't think it takes away or makes anybody look bad. It, it's it's quite separate to the Irish hip-hop scene in a way. Like, I, I, I don't even look at them as part of the Irish hip-hop scene. That better not be sound clipped out or something and put into a headline. Uh, do you know what <laughs> I mean? That's what we're all about. <laughs> now, they do make hip-hop music and they Top are Irish. But they're more, Craig, he knows who we are. <laughs> but, like, in the same way, like, they're, com- they're comedy. Do you know what I mean? That's what they are. They're separate. They're not making really music for music's sake. It's more comedy tunes, you know? Yeah. Which is fucking deadly. Fair play to them. But, yeah, uh, I do think they're doing good things, but I would wonder about their, their crowd and whether they are. <laughs> like, yeah, they don't give a shit if it's satire or not. And that's like, that's offensive to be saying stuff like about, about black people like that. You can't say that whether and it's satire like or not. Using, you know? using a wheelchair on stage as a prop and that kind of yeah. stuff as well. And like even like tweeting about sexual assault is just like, I mean, you know, it's it's too edgy for you. Like, that's what it turns into. And I just yeah. wonder, I wonder what the ceiling is for them. Uh, as for you, though, no, none of that going on. None of that going on. <laughs> <laughs> no wheelchairs on it's stage a, yet. Like. It's a clean show. <laughs> it's a clean, it was good when Kirk yeah, Cobain did. You, you have a gig coming up. Uh, you've already played uh, at least once already. And you've, oh, you've done support as well. For, uh, yeah, I've played about five or six gigs, I think. Yeah. What have you been getting from it and what kind of crowd reaction have you noticed? It's been really good. Yeah, it's, it's hard. My music's quite lo-fi. Like... It, I mean, there is like groovy bits in it and stuff, but it's not. It doesn't really bang. Like you know, like I see a lot of the other artists that go up and they're playing grime or trap, and it, that's a big build up. It's like almost techno. Do you know what I mean? It's like you can build people up. One, two, three, four. Let's go. You know. Whereas mine, it's quite understated. So you won't see like people fucking mosh bits and stuff. You know. But yeah, everybody's being really receptive. Uh, I played the Olympia with YG, which oh, was Oh, yeah, very, what was that, that like? That was nerve-wracking. Yeah, that was like... He's real old-school, kind of just like... Gangster rap. rap. never happened. Like, yeah, yeah, he's just... <laughs> We're still doing the Compton rig. thing. Like, yeah, yeah, gangster from Compton. And so popular as yeah. well. And uh, that, was a, that was a mad fucking night for me because it was like... It was a test of how, like... Where's your balls at? Because this is the... T- <laughs> like, you got 1,300 lads from the country wearing red... 
that don't and I brought a, out a band that playing jazz rap stuff do you know what I mean like <laughs> I, I think I even said I'm gonna bring out a band now and you could hear a few boos and shit like I was like oh no are they gonna turn on me <laughs> but it went really good man and the best thing about that gig was that we went out we did our thing and no gig I feel is ever gonna be more nerve wracking than that one do you know yeah uh, baptism of fire kind yeah of and then as soon as it was over I was like fuck Let's get hammered because that was that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what does the rest of the year look like for you? Um, yeah, so I got this headliner uh, March thirty in Wheelands upstairs, and um, hopefully do one more then before trying to figure out before the festival season because you can't really do one during that season because like people are doing their thing, you know. And I want to be playing a lot of those festivals and having a baby as well. <laughs> don't have an eye at the festivals <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> some people have done that I don't I'm sure they have yeah, I'm sure they've been conceived at yeah. festivals um, yeah and just get a lot of get a lot of music out as much as I can physically get out so I have this single in well, I'm not going to say it's dropping soon then I have another single a couple of weeks after that and then another one a couple of weeks after that and uh, the third one God Knows from Russ and Gano is on that excellent so that's a nice. banger of a tune yeah it's good so looking forward to that one coming out as well awesome man it's just a three song EP kind of like I hooked up with these musicians and we were like we wrote these three songs and then our drummer Fiekra went on holidays for two months so we were like here we'll get these recorded and done in the meantime and then when he's back we'll just start writing more and hopefully do an album then you know sweet alright um, uh, Nilo thank you very much for coming in uh, no problem lads uh, keep up the podcast get him, a, get him on your socials you're on, you're on all the <laughs> yeah, socials yeah. all of the socials mad for an Instagram story I love a bit of Instagram yeah that's my favourite one Twitter is a bit difficult it's not great a bit harder yeah yeah it's not great I'm getting the hang of it though it's essential as an artist I think which is annoying but yeah it's Facebook is just just don't get into any layers Fa- Facebook for your yeah. what's the next accurate. one are we getting a new platform anytime soon like <sighs> we might do yeah I what was that one we get? I don't know what was that one that showed up a while ago and it was like invite only Oh yeah, I had an invite and I like never oh, used it. Hello, hello, that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The... E double L O, and it was just like, do you want to be on the cool version of it? I think, <laughs> I think it was kind of it was too cool. It put itself forward as like we're Facebook, but we don't like mine all your data, and there's no really? advertising, which was kind of actually a noble <laughs> thing. And people were like, idea. no, <laughs> we're Facebook with no over forties. Yeah, exactly. Like, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> all right, thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It cost me friends when things did not occur to me. Now that I see, maybe my family will come back to me. Oh, oh, yeah. In the bookies and the Bible I can see my soul and hands are riding Like I called a pig, he was viral I was out looking for something I love the world but it's all me nothing I look for freedom, my prodigal son Grew up a gap with a badge and a gun If you don't take the way I look forward to the day That we saw and it set it straight I move forward, sad to say I move on, be on my way I'll be gone, I'll say the way You'll be gone, you'll fade the grey But our souls win either way Hear my heart, just hear my heart now, yeah Put down the bottle and heal your soul now that was Nilo. As noted, his Wheelands Upstairs show at the end of March is sold out, but he will be doing other gigs at some point. Recommend checking him out. The single, again, is called Just My Luck with Molly Sterling. Go look it up. Thank you so much for coming in, man. And now, Songs of the Week. Craig? Can I have number four, please, David? You can. It's Ray and Phoenix and Michael Stipe. Time is the killer. Everybody's lying 
Yes, that's right. Rain Phoenix, a.k.a. the sister of Joaquin Phoenix and the late River Phoenix. It's 25 years since that man died. Uh, he was an actor. He was a beautiful man. A lot of people had him penned for major stardom and he was also a musician. Yeah. Um, so Rain Phoenix has recently kind of returned to music herself um, to revitalize some of the songs she worked on with River before his passing. Um, this is a totally new composition from her. Um, I believe it's her first solo release. Uh, features Michael Stipe, which is a voice um, never tired of, and I've been missing quite a bit. And it's pretty beautiful. I really liked it. Yeah, I really like it too. Yeah, um, it's tr- it works like as a tribute to her brother, which is something, and it also I think announces an artist of their own kind of skill, and also doing so with that hanging over you, with a powerhouse like Michael Stipe on board. The yeah. fact that she comes out of it as, for me, the most interesting aspect of this. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, is, he, uh, indicative of what a home run that, that, that this is. Yeah, he kind of adds some nice harmonies. He augments it, um, but it's kind of all background to what is a stunning performance from her. It's a great song. Um, thematically and lyrically, I think it works really well. I think that thing of just like time kind of being a corrosive thing and just how relationships break down and people forget things and could be quite dour, but somehow it feels really kind of uh, empowering. I got kind of the national vibes off it, which is yeah. no bad thing. Um, yeah. Um, it's kind of like a, it's a rain-soaked window on a sunny day. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, David. Thank you. The words right out of my mouth. Give us number one, please. The return of Otherkin. Song is called Tombstone. It's a rock song. Now, Otherkin, no, really? <laughs> well, it's surprising, right? Uh, a band that I've gone quiet for a little while. Um, a band that I have previously critiqued. Um, I think Otherkin are kind of stuck in a bit of a weird glass ceiling thing that a lot of rock bands are. There's not so many places you can go unless you're willing to really go there. With this one, they've definitely tried to do something a little bit different. It's not different enough, but I didn't find it to be in any way annoying. Until oh, I heard it for like the 15th time. Uh, I, I'm kind of shocked because I found it annoying from the get-go. Did you? Like, yeah. I, I can see what you're saying about maybe pushing their like relative envelope, but it just meant doing maybe what Kasabian were doing on their first record quite badly. Like, I can't quite get over the singer's like... Intonation? Liam Gallagher. It's very Leamy G, isn't it? I can't quite get over the... Uh, now that you say it, yeah. Yeah. Okay, like, and it's just every rock cliche of no more Mr. Nice and working nine to no five. No more Mr. And I'm nice. Like, what are you even talking about? He's I a doctor. Do you know that? Yeah, I do know that. He should know better. I <laughs> like it's. Maybe I was going to say it was inoffensive, but maybe I felt offended by it. Do you think it was a commentary on the nurses and midwives strike? <laughs> that would make it far more interesting for me. Um, the riff, I thought, was objectively pretty ugly and not appealing. Okay. Um, it's quite repetitive. When Then, like, the kind of wordless vocals come in to match what is quite a repetitive numbskully thing. 
I no. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. Ha- I don't know why I didn't hate it. I just thought it was all right because I guess I braced myself because like it doesn't sound exactly like what was in the first album. But then the more I heard it, the more I was like, yeah, now there's some glamour here. You know, you got some nice kind of studio shtick going on. Yeah, but it's not. It's just they're 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 an act that I don't think have a lot of depth. I I just don't think that they really can get out of that wheelhouse. It's very meat and two veg. But that's what they are. Thin grill. That's what they are. There's not much you can really do with it. Like, what's the alternative? Acoustic ballad. And who wants that? Didn't hate it. I mean, listen. They're Didn't love it. They're entitled to make music. I'm sure people. Some people are like. I don't want to hear this kind of stuff. All right. What do you want to hear? Number two, please, Dave. Jesse Ware. Yes. Adore you. <laughs> Yep, that's Jessie Ware with Adore You. She's just got a certain kind of magic, doesn't she, Greg? I adore this, Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have her back after a couple of years. Um, she, I, I believe the last record was her dealing quite a lot with motherhood. Uh, it was more leaning towards her adult contemporary kind of pop sound. She's promised, I think she's halfway through the new record, this will be on it, and she's promising more kind of disco, more escapism. Um kind of leaning into her house influences which you can definitely hear on this and I think it's kind of her best mode like I really like this and her voice as always is just so smooth and fantastic yeah I think it's great Um, she has a certain kind of level of elegance and a certain way of kind of pulling you into a track without kind of having to really you know like shout at you like there's just kind of a there's a a confidence there I think Um, I haven't seen her live but I've seen like some good live kind of festively kind of videos and she seems to have a nice relationship with the audience Uh, kind of a self-deprecation about her despite the fact that like to hear the song in studio mode you know you anticipate this kind of almost baroque kind of thing yeah but there's a relatability to her i think as a character and the songs kind of take on this kind of slightly more majestic feel and this is totally in her wheelhouse this is totally like another extension of an artist that seems to be um putting very few feet wrong she's got the occasional kind of like stumble in terms of just like i'm like ah you kind of expect better you expect a high standard of quality with her and this is up there she like when you talk about that kind of sophistication it does remind me of George Michael back in the day if he was more into like kind of house end of things but it is that thing of I think it's quite a British pop music thing where there's a level of reserve and withholding which actually works really well it adds attention to kind of the simplicity of the song um, which I think she pulls off really well two songs left um, can I have number three please Dave it's Mini Mansions it's Gummy Bear And saying you're a fan of these guys generally, yeah. Is it guys or is it? It one is. Guy? It's a tree piece. Um, okay. shows, shows all the research <laughs> I've done. <laughs> uh, I believe it was founded initially um, as a kind of side project when 
Queens of Stone Age took a hiatus about 10 years ago at this stage. Michael Schumann, the bassist, just wanted to do some stuff uh, with Zach Dawes and Tyler Parkford. They've released two albums to date. The last one, The Great Pretenders, was very, very good indeed and was a bit slept on. Uh, they're just kind of like a fun rock and roll band. I mean, when we talk about Ulrich in and what they're doing just seems kind of... It's very basic rock and roll, but that kind of comes across as lumping and it drags you down. This is them pulling off quite basic rock and roll in a way that's fresh and kind of inspiring and is actually much more difficult to do than it sounds. It's fun. It's full of hooks. It's great. Like, Yeah, I enjoyed it. And that's pretty much all I've got to say about it. <laughs> Final track this week. It's a team up. Let's have a listen. But I won the cup Came through heavy on it in a Bentley truck uh-huh. It was me, young Avril, security tuck okay. In the back just in case one of y'all run up One of y'all, um, um, all of y'all be stuck uh-huh. When you see a young queen in the flesh, what's up? What all up? that hating you was doing got the Barbie popping Now all of them wanna be a Barbie I'm Yes, it's Avril Lavigne featuring Nicki Minaj The song is called Dumb Blonde It borrows Crib slash pays tribute to Hollaback Girl by yes. Gwen Stefani And Nicki Minaj, in announcing this track on her Instagram Did note that she is a day Wonder with Avril Lavigne. Huge fan. She sang the fantastic I'm With You in the Shower. It's called I'm With You, not I'm With You in the Shower. <laughs> I'm With You is a phenomenal song. I love it. And she's teamed up. It's a dream come true for her to make this track. Is it a dream come true to me? listen to it? <laughs> not quite a dream come true. Um, I like this like in its own way. I oh, think. This is fucking garbage, <laughs> man. What are you talking about? I, it reminded me of... It did remind me of All Back Girl. It reminded me of like the early 2000s where this was just the pop song that was like everywhere. Yeah. That kind of mode of thing. Yeah. Um, has, yeah, like that kind of very American marching band thing going on underneath. Um, what m- put me off it quite a bit was... The sentiment behind it, which is like dumb blonde. It just seems like a really weird, like out of date kind of feminist strike of like, what is this like Spice Girls girl power thing of like, I I, I feel like the statement, I'm not just a dumb blonde kind of infers that like it's not like those other dumb blondes. It's a weird thing to me. It doesn't feel like very current with modern feminist issues. Although I'm not one that would be, you know, too up on that, I guess. But to me, this felt like... you hate women. (laughs) Yes, Dave, yeah. Um, but did this not feel like a song out of time? It's like they're fighting battles that have already been won. Oh on, no, this felt this felt very early two thousands. Yeah. yeah, and I thought it was terrible. What did you think of Nicki Minaj dropping by? Because she's like quite fine, accomplished as she usually is. I thought she could have made more of an effort to like relate to Avril Lavigne. Also, it doesn't feel very on brand for Avril Lavigne. Well, she did. She did die many years ago. Oh, she did. Yeah, yeah. So what was the name of the Melissa? Melissa. What is Avril Lavigne's brand? No, this is on brand for her. It's like kind of like obnoxious and you know like kicking against the pricks and like. But I think it would suggest that she was ever going considered up to, a dumb, going up to like stuffy dress men and loosening their ties. Like that's her yeah, whole fucking. Yeah, but thing, I, isn't I it? feel like it's like her protesting kind of too much of just being like I'm a. I think she's always had that problem, though, of like, you know, kind of like, you know, like Hayley Williams from Paramore has obviously addressed her supposed transgressions about boxing women into certain categories and accusing them to be whatever and kind of having the women against women thing. Yeah. You will recall Avril Lavigne, like with Skater Boy, that whole song is about, ha, I got him in the end. Yeah. Girlfriend, same thing, you know? But that's what I mean about this kind of 
what was once probably seen as empowering and actually I, i'm guessing like at the time her younger fans probably got a lot out of that and i've since you know it's been a help in their life it's better than kind of- the hello kitty kawaii song <laughs> i think we can all agree yes um, but no, it seems weirdly out of date to me. Uh, it was I got like a bit of a nostalgia buzz just because there's no trap t- drums on it. But nah. yeah, next week on the show we'll have a better duo come in and chat to us. I think we'll be talking to Tebby Rex next week. Please look out yeah. for that. But first, it's time for our album of the week. As noted, it's not Ariana Grande. It is Health. Let's have a listen to them. That is Strange Days, taken from Volume 4, Slaves of Fear, by Health. I usually throw it to Craig for a bit of a background on some artists, (laughs) but I guess I'll do it this time, because I'm kind of bringing this one to the table. Los Angeles noise terrorists, as I like to refer to them. A three-piece now. Constantly. Constantly saying that on the street. I've done it a lot, yeah. Um, They are a three-piece. They were a four-piece. A man by the name of Jupiter Keys left the band to work full-time with Alice Glass. And left behind are the lads. So, essentially, health specialise in abrasive, incisive, um, kind of aggressive, I suppose, kind of mix of metal and house, I guess. I mean, like, like it's kind of... It's it's got one foot in the rave, man, and they've been around yeah. for some time. They actually broke through kind of via Crystal Castles back in the day uh, on a track called Crime Wave, in which they kind of collaborated on on Crystal Castles' self-titled debut album. Then they released their own stuff. A lot of people were hailing this new band. They were doing exciting new things. From there, they kind of went on. They're they're always very busy, very prolific. They've done a lot of things. They've done like the Max Payne Three soundtrack, which is excellent. And then they went on to release a lot of remix albums. Uh, they did an album called Get Colour, which has some great tracks on it. No one kind of had them in a in a bracket, I suppose, for a time, but then they kind of moved into a bit more of an accessible pop version of what they do. And by the time Death Magic arrived in 2015, I think a lot of people kind of drew a line in the sand with health, and they kind of felt that they'd gone too far in the pop direction while still retaining a lot of darkness. And Death Magic is an album which is a lot about anxiety, a lot about death anxiety, a lot about what it is to be alive in this day and age. Um, they're not subtle, I do love their kind of aesthetic, and I was very excited about this album. Having spent about a week with it now, I find myself in a position where, a position of conflict, really, in that I feel like, and I'm very frustrated by this, they've basically made Death Magic again, and it's not as good. Okay. Yeah, well, you, you prior to us listening to this, you passed me on some listening guidelines from the band, um, which were, number one, listen and sequence are by side. Number two, this album was designed to be played at a high volume. Please do your best. Three, if you like it, please tell someone. If you don't, don't say shit. <laughs> um, I followed those first two rules. <laughs> it And it didn't, it never clicked for me. Um, I'm actually, I've like, I've dipped in and out of Health's um, discography over the years and I've found a lot to enjoy. Um, I occasionally uh, like that kind of genre stuff and I think they're one of the more versatile and inventive acts that would, you know, be in that kind of industrial realm. But with this, it felt like the old tricks were spent. It felt like that abrasive juddering, I'm going to rip your face off with this bit, was very, you could telegraph it a mile off and it just didn't connect with me on any visceral level. 
I um, think sadly you're right and that's a shame yeah. because health to me is always connected on a visceral level that's yeah. kind of the point of what they do exactly yeah. and I think also like looking beyond like looking at the lyrics the, the lyrics have never really been terribly um, complex but it's kind of worked and like you look at tracks like New Coke off Death Magic which I think is just fantastic. a masterpiece it's an fantastic, absolute masterpiece yeah. and you know the refrain of life is good when obviously it isn't especially with what's going on around you musically I thought it totally worked there's a lot of stuff on that record that I really bought into and on this one it just feels like kind of poor imitations pale imitations really now Pitchfork reviewed this album and boy did they go to town on it they gave it 3.4 out of 10 oh, really? and tore it to shreds Jesus. by saying this shit does not shred that was their kind of one of their big takeaways was that it's too chugging it's kind of a generic riff a lot of the time and the vocals lack impact and punch. And I find myself agreeing with those things while also still being like, but I love this band. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that's a difficult one. And there are definite moments on here that I do think are very, very strong, particularly the closing track, Decimation, which I thought was excellent. Yeah, I think that's Slaves probably the highlight for me. Slaves of Fear, the title track I really enjoyed, and Strange Days that we heard as well. But generally, it does have that kind of thing where it's a barrage, it's a barrage, it's a barrage, and then it's a bit of soothing vocals and kind of like, let's all step amongst this anxiety and the angst that permeates it throughout. But like I say... If you're familiar with death magic, you'll find yourself kind of being like, am I just being sold a dud here? Like, you've already done this, guys. It's kind of strange to me that there wasn't any progression thematically. There's that a, yeah. was very disappointing for me. There's a weird kind of doubling down of the themes of hopelessness and there's very little light. There's no kind of irony or... I don't know different perspectives. It's it is just that doubling down. There's kind of very little like now, sir. But that was turning into Liam Brady. Now, sir, Goyle. Um, yeah, that was what they. Ex- <laughs> that was in Death Magic. Like yeah. it was all over it. Like there was um, tracks like L.A. Lux, which operated in this kind of sun-kissed knowing thing that was also a dance fucking stomp. And that was also really kind of cutting. And then the way that the album closed uh, had ambiguity to it, had kind of a sense of lightness to it in, yeah. in the sense that you could dig your way out of this hole. But this feels like not even so much that, that they're surrendering or they're being defeatist, but there is definitely a little bit of that. But generally, the problem is I think they've got lost. They've, they're, they're, they're either content to wander in this kind of burning world of their own making or they've simply got lost and can't find the exit. And so that to me, themselves into a corner, which is really concerning because health have always struck me as a very forward-thinking group. Yeah, and it's kind of shocking to hear them reduced to this because the more I listen to this album, the more I have to admit the flaws. Yeah, they sound a bit kind of out of time, not to the extent of Avril Lavigne and Nicki Minaj's collaboration, but to the extent that um, what they were excelling at and what was thrilling to the listener. Um, they are still doing, but for maybe more sophisticated listeners, are in um, a kind of atmosphere or musical culture that has been tapping into some of the things maybe they pioneered. And just you can hear some of these techniques and some of these kind of sonic blasts in pretty mainstream pop music a lot of the time now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't seem like they're out there doing that much of their own thing. There's, I don't know. It felt kind of like music in grayscale to me. Um, and Whoa. yeah, I, I could really, I could kind of objectively be like, okay, I can see what they're going for there. It's not bad, but it just, it was passing me by time and again. It's not bad, but yeah. especially when you've done it already so much better with your previous record, that's a dangerous place for a band to be in. So we'll see where they go from here. Uh, I will share on the No Encore Twitter account a primer of health that I've made of previous work that I thought was particularly strong. They have some fantastic they stuff. They have some excellent it was like, stuff. It was, it was calling out for like, actually, I think maybe a lot of their remix stuff is what I really love, but like the likes of Euphoria and Disco Treat, when they can actually mix it up and let a little light in, kind of genre hop a little, but this was very 
very bare. Yeah, and it's strange because they're a very communal band. Uh, like they've said on Twitter, like email us and we'll give you the stems for all of our songs. Has the downsizing of the band played a part? I mean, it must have done here, right? I guess we, it, we won't know. Well, I don't you know. know because I mean, I've read a lot about this. I've read a lot about Jupiter Keys, and a lot of people were kind of saying that he was actually holding the band back. Okay, but evidenced by this, perhaps yeah. not. Yeah. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, it's a five. Yeah, it's a five for me. All right, other listening, Craig. Um, Guided by Voices released a new album, Dave. You'll be glad to hear. Can't wait. Zeppelin over China. It's uh, thirty-two tracks. Um, oh, good. <laughs> they're very short, though. Great, <laughs> but they're they're really good. Um, and they're in a weird like Guided by Voices broke up. Uh, they came back and weren't great. They've settled on maybe their thirty-second lineup at this stage. Jesus. And the last four albums, which have come out in maybe. The last two or three years have been pretty great. So, yeah, they're definitely worth checking out. There's always some gems on Guided Boy Voices album. All right. I've gone back to an album I mentioned many times, but I have gone back to it and I have been enjoying it. Woo Life, debut album, only album, Go Tell Fire to the Mountain. Great stuff. Just works. Just, just works. works. Yeah, it works perfectly. Phenomenal. To be Could honest. It, here's a question Could they have gone anywhere? Can you imagine them releasing a second album? Yes. Really? I think it's a great shame that they didn't. Yeah. I would be inclined to agree, but I'm gonna I say wonder it, right? was that just such a singular moment? Maybe it was. Maybe it, it was. We'll never know. But I'll say this, right? Um, I'm of the opinion that when it comes to albums and reviewing them and rating them, even though ratings are intensely irritating, no new album on the, on the day of release should be given like full marks. Yeah. I think you need time to sit with them and go back. And with that, I am putting Wu Life into the bracket of 10 out of 10. Oh, I think Go Tell Fire shout. to the Mountain is a fucking flawless masterpiece. Well, it's kind of perfect for what it is and what it's trying to achieve. So by those kind of criteria. It's so evocative. Yeah. And it's like it's a pop record as well, I think. It is, yeah. This episode of No Encore was engineered by Sonic Architect Eve Murray. Our exit music this week, Craig, comes from a man by the name of Mark O'Brien. I like the sound Who used to be in a band called Enemies. Oh. Yeah, yeah. remember them? Yes. I fantastic. think you reviewed their debut album. I did indeed. Um, terrific, terrific record. I reviewed their second album, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Then they Very broke up after band. their third album. I guess, you know, we said before, like for an act like Enemies, instrumental kind of math rock, there's only so many places you can go. They dissolved amicably. They're all doing different things now. And Royal Yellow is the name of the new project from Mark O'Brien. And it's really fucking good what he's doing. The new single is called Aruba. And I think it's fucking great. Um, he's kind nice. of yeah, it's kind of like like it's kind of a weird kind of mix of hip hop and jazz and country and soul and pop all in one and that sounds like a lot to take on but I guess you know if you're a fan of Enemies as we were yeah they're you, terrific that you, debut album for me was one of the great Irish records the last decade and a half maybe well they, like, they clearly had the chops like yeah. there was four really really good musicians who combined together to make some excellent stuff great live as well we saw them a couple of times and it was a sad day when they kind of called it a day so I'm glad that they're back in some capacity so this is Royal Yellow this is Aruba and we're two for two, I think, now in terms of like really good tracks and exit music. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good start Apologies to whatever here. came before. I can't quite remember. <laughs> no, I think, I think we've had some good stuff. We had that Kill we the Man. We had that good Kill year. the Man track that was yes, really good. Yeah. yeah. It's been nothing more hits, mate. <laughs> Point is, check out Royal Yellow. Aruba. My name is Dave Hanready. This has been No Encore. There shan't be an encore. Goodbye.
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Summer vacation, here we come. Yep, I packed the craft beers I got at Total Wine. Did you remember a bathing suit? No, but I did pack a bunch of summer wines. Whites, rosés, Zinfandels. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.